Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, zookeepers, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. This morning, we're going to take a trip down memory lane for myself and explore one of the most important pieces of my life, my faith journey. But before I jump into this episode, I'd really appreciate your time to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And of course, please share the show with your best friend this week. So where do we begin? How about the beginning? So, like most people, I was born. (laughs) But seriously, um, I was extremely lucky. I was born into a Christian family. My parents uh, brought me up from from birth in a very great, loving home, and I count myself incredibly lucky. In fact, one of my earliest memories is from a Bible camp called SABC when I was about five or six years old. I woke up from a bad dream and had my cabin leader get up, comfort me, and he actually prayed for me. In that moment, in those couple minutes he prayed for me, he actually helped me accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior in my life. And like I said, I I count myself very, very lucky to have this both as my earliest memory and to have accepted God so early in my life. But my faith, it really didn't become real for me until much later in life. It was just kind of something I said I was. I was a Christian, but it didn't really mean anything to me for a really, really long time. About 10 years, in fact, when I was about 16, I realized the power of God was a real thing. A man I would later know as my mentor and my friend I watched him lay hands on a friend of mine and pray, and I saw a broken jaw healed right in front of my eyes, and I didn't know what to do with that information at first. In that moment, everything I had read in the Bible, everything that I thought was just a cute story, it became real. And this was truly the beginning of my faith journey. See, my eyes were open to a whole new world where spirits and power and miracles were real. They could really happen. But this also opened my curiosity, and I thought, if the God of this story is real, could other gods be real? So I spent the next couple years exploring other religions. I mean, I read many other major texts. I explored different denominations of Christianity. I explored different religions like Buddhism, Muslim, Mormon. I even dove into mythologies, Greek being the biggest one that I dove into. And I'm sure this is the point that you expect me to say, 
Or maybe I'm supposed to say that it all became clear and my life was perfect because everything immediately got better and made sense. But you see, I live in reality. And life is not so clear-cut, it's not really black and white. So it took me about two years. Two years of exploring what this world said. Two years of exploring what this world had to offer. And I learned a lot. Now, by no means did I become an expert in any one religion. I didn't really master anything in those two years. But I did learn a ton. I learned a lot about the world we live in. I learned that most people are all searching for the same thing. And in the same way, I learned a lot about myself. You see, I learned what worked in my brain and I learned what worked in my heart. And I learned that they're not always the same thing. You see, in my brain, a multi-theistic world makes sense. The God of the earth, the God of the water, the God of X, Y, Z, insert, whatever. It, it, it makes sense. Because in my brain, in human limitation, no one person could rule it all. It's just too big. There's just too much. So in my brain, that makes sense. But in my heart, there's always one dude who just... There's always one dude that everyone answers to. In mythology, Greek, it's Zeus. But even that, he's challenged for that a lot. Norse mythology, there's Odin. Again, he can be challenged. So I, even through mythology and different, different faiths I dove into, there's always one guy at the top, but he's never the Alpha and Omega. So like I said, through all of this, I learned a lot. I learned that even within myself, I'm conflicted for the knowledge. And I learned that through all of my reading and all of my conversations with people who are much smarter than myself, every, almost everyone agrees that in some way, this world has a higher power. And the difference in the real difference in what we believe is where that power comes from or what that power is. The other main theme through all of the things that I learned was the way of life that Jesus set out for this world is the only thing that made sense to both my head and my heart. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life for every man, woman, and child on this earth. With learning all of this, when I was 18, on Easter Sunday, I was baptized in the Christian faith. 
I was baptized publicly, declaring my faith to everyone. And this is where really where becoming a man of faith started for me. Before this, this was child's play. Before this point was needing to be spoon-fed information and being told what was right and wrong. From this point forward, I learned how to make those decisions for myself. I learned how to feed myself. But even after all of this, all of my reading, all of my studying, all of my conversations, I really didn't know what to do next. I finally had a personal faith and a personal relationship with God, but I didn't know what to do with it. So it was pointed out to me by a mentor that maybe I should go to Bible college, further my education formally, deepen my knowledge, but also to push me towards a life of service, both to God and to man. And after much debate and conflict within myself and, and a number of other things, I did. I went to Briarcrest Bible College. And I did just as my I did just as my mentor suggested to me. I deepened my knowledge, and it did push me to solidify my journey as a Christian. Now, don't think that just because I chose this path for my life that it became easy or straightforward by any means. After my time at college, I realized that I was not meant to be a pastor or working directly in a church at least not in a traditional respect or a formal respect. I had to find my place in the church and outside of the church. And both things have changed many times over the years, many, many times. See, even inside the church, I've served on many teams. I've preached on stage as guest speaker. I've sang in choirs and in worship. I've rapped on stage um, in worship and for special events. Uh, I've worked in kids' ministries, right from nursery, snuggling little babies, up to high school youth. I was a youth leader for a number of years, and I, I loved that. I loved being able to pour into that. And currently, I serve uh, as a sound technician on Sunday mornings, and I love it. I really do love it. But outside of the church, it changes even more frequently. Almost on a daily, it changes how I need to serve. It can be something as simple as living a Christ-like life every day, just going to work and back. It can be as easy as being kind and generous to co-workers and neighbors. Or it can be as scary and intimidating as sharing whatever and wherever sharing your faith with strangers or friends family co-workers whoever whoever really needs to hear it at that time see a few friends of mine uh, back in the day we started <laughs> we started talking to strangers I'm going to tell you a story because this is super fun and I'm actually going to really encourage you to do something similar a few friends of mine and I, we shared hundreds 
of McDonald's cheeseburgers over the stretch of a couple years. With random people, simply to break the ice to be able to share what we believe with people and share God's love with those people. You see, this is where it gets kind of fun, but can also seem a little gimmicky. If you're scared or apprehensive or don't know where to start, go buy a bag full of McDonald's cheeseburgers. And just like anything, we need to practice how to share our faith. So the theory we came up with was people are willing to listen to you if you feed them. And who needs to be fed more than the houseless people in your city? Seriously, they're willing to give you five minutes of time and you can say whatever you want because they get a cheeseburger. Don't do it alone. Get a group of friends. Go down to whatever park. You know where they are. You probably tried to turn a blind eye to it, but every city has houseless people. So we would go down to the park downtown in Lethbridge and just walk around. Just walk up to people and be like, hey, do you want a cheeseburger? More often than not, they say yes. And you'd be like, hey, cool, but if I give you this cheeseburger, can I pray for you? Is there anything you want prayer for? And just run with it, guys. Take this idea and run with it because it's simple. And anyone can do this. And it's it's training yourself. Just like anything, if you want to be good at something, you have to practice. And if you're going to practice and practice and practice, it gets easier. So, I think is a great way to go. You go, you share some love, you share some food, and you get to pray for people. And you're going to find out that the, when you do this, it gives back to you. You feel good, but that's not the point. You get to share God's love, and in doing so, you get to feel God's love. See, God gives with both hands. He gives to the person you're helping, and he gives to you. Now, moving ahead a lot in this story, uh, I'm a father. I have two beautiful, beautiful girls. And I am now placed directly in line of shaping their lives. And I know just for my, just like myself, they're going to have to discover things for their own. They're going to make their own mistakes. And that's okay. I didn't get from point A to point B smoothly, and I'm still a work in progress. I'm 30 years old. So I don't expect them to be perfect immediately. Heck, I don't really expect them to be perfect ever. That being said, I still take shaping and molding my girls very seriously. I want them to be good and kind people, and eventually women who love and fear God. It's not something I take lightly. I take teaching them the core principles of, of this faith, 
and life with Jesus very seriously. I think that we have to teach our children not just the rules, not just do this and don't do that, but teaching them why. See, I think that why is the game changer. And I think, unfortunately, it's a piece that people miss more often than not. I think that knowing the why behind things is is the missing link. You see, I talked to a co-worker of mine not so long ago, and she always questioned why I was a Christian. Because why impose a set of rules on myself? Because she didn't get it. Why would I just give myself a checklist of yeses and noes instead? Why wouldn't I just serve myself? Why not just do what makes me happy? You see, faith without why is just rules and it's legalism and it sucks. But when we understand these rules and the why behind them, they're not just life-changing, but they're life-giving. Like I said, God gives with both hands. You obey him, you follow him, you seek his kingdom first. And in turn, we're rewarded, not just here in the right now, but in the future. But in in serving God's kingdom first, in acting in God's will first, it can take us down some scary roads. It can take us through a place where we're not comfortable. You know, I've always loved the scene in um, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where they're talking about Aslan. You know, he's this big, fierce lion. And it's asked, like, is, is he safe? Is God safe? Safe? No. But he is good. I've always loved that, and that's always resonated with me. You see, I've been put in some uncomfortable situations in my life. One that comes to mind is I was serving on a missions trip with my youth group. Um, I would have been about 17. We went down to Los Angeles. There was a big group of us um, from high school. And we served right on the street, Skid Row in L.A. There was myself and two other guys in our little group. And we were told to basically go feed someone however we want to make that happen. And the three of us guys, we ended up taking this, these two friends out for breakfast. We took them to McDonald's, because that's what you do when you're a teenager. We go for breakfast. We bought them whatever they wanted on the menu, and we just let them tell their story. It wasn't safe. There was three of us, three teenage boys walking around Skid Row, L.A., looking for someone to feed. Do you know how much could go wrong? 
that was the first time outside of hunting that I had heard gunshots was on that trip. Just random gunshots in the city, and I wasn't prepared for that. I grew up so sheltered that I thought, this was as scary as it gets. Man, that's not even close. See, I was protected. The people we were with were just as armed as whatever was happening a couple blocks away. We were protected. It wasn't perfectly safe. But it was good. I learned how to serve outside my comfort zone. I learned how to serve not just what made me feel good, but what actually helped other people. You know, I've said a lot of words here, but I haven't really told much of my story. Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. Yeah, I I was given the freedom to explore other faiths and to really dive into the tenets of the faith that I chose. I was given that freedom. But my story is really comfortable. I grew up in a small town in southern Alberta, had three older brothers, a mother and a father who loved me very dearly, and they still do. I was given the opportunity to go to university to choose whatever path I wanted. I did some Bible school, and then I later went and chose emergency medical and did that for a few years did some work in the trades, did some work in customer service. I I have all these freedoms. But now that I'm a father, now that I have other people who depend on me, now my daughters are seven and five, I really learned just recently what it meant to be a man of God. To see the other side of the coin, to to learn what it means for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I'm only just starting this journey, guys. I'm only just becoming the man that God wanted me to be. And I count myself very lucky, very lucky that I have the freedom still to tell my story to you guys. You know, I didn't want this to just be another testimony, another story of whatever random dude you found on the internet. But I want this to be a journey. I want to do life with you guys. I want you to hear my story, but I also want to hear yours. So consider this a call and response type episode where you heard a little snippet or a couple little snippets of my story. And now it's your turn. 
You want it to be social media. You want it to be public. You want to declare your faith, whether it's the same as mine or not. Put it out there on social media. Tag the Fiendster Zoo in it. I'm happy to watch and to listen. You want it to be private? I'm on all the social medias. (laughs) Send me a message. All of my messaging is completely open. Whatever you want to tell me, whatever you want to share, you send me a message. I would love to hear your story. But guys, that's it for this episode. I'm Spencer here at the Fiendster Zoo. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me. To listen to me ramble, essentially. Don't forget to follow the Fiendster Zoo on all the social medias. Share it with your best friend this week. For now, God bless. I love you.